0: right, here we go on a Sunday morning in Las Vegas. I'm Brian Feldman, and this is Out of Line. We're here live every Sunday morning at 8 on Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM flagship of the Vegas Golden Knights and sister station of Raiders Nation Radio. We are back in the Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp. studio here at Lotus Broadcasting headquarters, joining me on the show as always after his long drive in from Pahrump, our social media director, Spencer, the win! is beats the beats the Also regular part of the show is producer Chris Magnum-Chapman. Uh, aside from producing a number of shows for Lotus Broadcasting, Mags also serves as a locker room reporter for the Vegas Golden Ice Radio Network and the UNLV football pre-game show host on our sister station, ESPN Radio Las Vegas. The show is also streaming on the LV Sports Network, and you can watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. The page is called Out of Line. That's O U T T. A-L-I-N-E. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Out of Line Fox LV. And since we are live, your calls and questions are welcome. The Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp. Studio line is 702-876-1340.
1: Hi, this is Bubby, and it's time for What's
0: on Tap. What's on Tap, brought to you by title sponsor, Residential Bank Corp. Whether purchasing a new home or refinancing the home you already own, Residential Bank Corp is the company to turn to for all of your home financing needs. Residential Bank Corp, funding America one neighborhood at a time. Call 702-964-5720 for details. And to get information on all of the home financing options available in the state of Nevada, on tap the Vegas Golden Knights have dropped another home game, and that was last night, the worst Las Vegas Bowl in history, the biggest comeback in NFL history. The run Rebels took their first loss of the season. The Raiders host the GOAT. We'll break down Week 15 in the National Football League and don't place your bets until you've heard today's pick and parlay with the scooper. That's what's on tap. If you are looking to buy a home or to refinance the home you currently own, choose a company you can trust, residential Bancorp, funding America one neighborhood at a time. Call 702-964-572-204 details on your home financing options today. And before we get things rolling, guys, good to be back in studio. My second time in um, two years. I know Spencer's is going to have a little bit of issue getting on the mic today, so uh, I'll make sure. I we'll have, we'll have Spencer giving us hand signals, and that that's the way he'll be chiming in. But uh, wow, what an eventful day, Chris, yesterday. Um, you know, I love days like this in Las Vegas, and it's kind of why we do what we do, but starts off Yesterday, 11.30 in the morning, we're at the Las Vegas Bowl. Have a little breakfast, chow down. Um, I was happy to be out of there by halftime. We'll talk about that in <laughs> a little bit. And went over to the Thomas and Mac. Saw UNLV, who was uh, 10-0, one of the uh, last... Uh, 10 or so undefeated teams in the country. They went down yesterday in a game that they should have won. I mean, you knew they weren't going to go undefeated all season. You knew they were going to take some hits, but that was one you didn't want to see yesterday. And then after that, I got to run home real quick, kind of just wash and freshen up, uh, change one of my fantasy football lineups and fly back and get to T-Mobile Arena for the Vegas Golden Knights game against uh, the New York Islanders. That didn't go get so well, and we're going to get to that in one second. And then here we are today. I got the show this morning, and then uh, we fly out of here and head to... Uh, uh, legion stadium again for the raiders game this afternoon they'll play host as i said to the goat and um uh, of course bill belichick is in town and um josh mcdaniel get, getting to play his mentor um we're going to talk about that a little later on because i've seen bill belichick uh, do things for his mentors at least in my opinion in the past and we'll talk about that as well but um again uh lots going on today and let's just get it re- rolling right now with uh, with nightcap
2: Hockey players, as you know, are warriors. They don't give up. They come to play
3: every game. It's time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas Golden Knights. From highlights to interviews to special events, the puck starts here.
0: Yeah, the puck uh, started here again last night. Uh, the New York Islanders in town, and uh, the Islanders played the, the Vegas Golden Knights well. Um, Vegas Golden Knights again off to a slow start, which is what what ten, what has been hurting this team. One of the things that's been pretty solid all year has been the goaltending play of both. them. Um, uh, you know, both the goaltenders have played really, really well, uh, considering what people expected of them at the beginning of the year. Logan Thompson has fallen into the number one role, and Aiden. Hill has become the backup and done a pretty good job. Both of them decent goals against. Both of them nice winning records. However, uh, last night was not indicative of the way Logan Thompson has played all year. Um, There were five goals given up, two of them are empty netters, and two of the goals he gave up, two of the three, uh, should have been saves in my opinion. Um, Those things are going to have to shore up, but it's not just on Logan Thompson. It's on the rest of the team. They are falling prey to the injury bug again, missing some key parts of this team. I mean, when you're a team and you're missing guys like Jack Eichel and Shea Theodore, those are gigantic absences. One on defense and one up front. You're talking about your team's leading scorer and one of probably the top five two-way defensemen in the National Hockey League now in Shea Theodore who keeps getting better and better every year. And then last night, and we'll hear from uh, Bruce Cassidy on it, Mark Stone goes down late in the game and and, uh, he did return, but very ginger. And what it looked to me and I texted Chris. I texted Brian Shapiro and Chris Wynn uh, right after it happened. I said, man, that looks like an Achilles injury. And um, it just, the way he went down, no one touched him. And some people said it looked like he got hit or something. Nothing happened to him. He just literally kind of turned awkwardly, grabbed his uh, uh, you know kind of calf area, back of your leg area, where is typically where you see an Achilles injury, and he went flat down and literally had to be assisted off the ice and then assisted to the Vegas Golden Knights locker room. He did come back out. He did go back on the ice and skate a shift or two. He was not the same guy and no question you could hear some concern amongst the players. We heard from Keegan Colasar and uh, Riley Smith after the game and then of course also Bruce Cassidy and asked about uh, Mark Stone's injury. This is what Bruce Cassidy uh, Cassidy. uh, Uh, Spencer's uh, telling uh, me to wait on that one. He doesn't have that one yet. Uh, So so Spence just point at me when you've got that one ready because uh, you do want to hear what Bruce had to say he was asked about Mark Stone's injury and um, you know it, it, it's it's pretty worrisome so Spencer says right now we're almost there he's got his finger he's like waiting to get this thing going but I want to hear what he had to say after the game also um, a couple of other things uh, Mags talked to Bruce Cassidy we talked about the slow start as well that um, Bruce Cassidy you know that that the Golden Knights have been experiencing a lot of games in particular at home and uh, you, which one you got them all, Spencer okay first Let's go ahead and play. Um, this is when asked about Mark Stone. This is what Bruce Cassidy had to say in the postgame press conference. Yeah, we were concerned about Mark. You know, you
1: know, it seems like the last... Concerned the way it happened because it didn't look like a whole lot going on. There could be something serious. Now, I saw him after and he, he looked good, so that's the good news. he was able to come back, play a little bit, but he wasn't 100%. So, you know, knock on wood that this is, you know, you know just one of those short, very short term things that a stinger type of thing, for lack of a better term. But um, I'm not going to know that until tomorrow. But yes, we did have a good push, and, and it's unfortunate because he's, he's a good player
0: for us. Thank you. They're going to need, need, need Mark Stone. Stone. Uh, there's no question about it. They are going to have to have Mark Stone in order to uh, make the run. They're going to need Eichel back. Eichel should be back soon. Uh, Chris and I were talking about it at the game. I don't think White Cloud will be back the rest of the year. I think that's going to be something. Uh, we're not going to see Zach White Cloud. Other guys, like a guy like a, a guy like Nicholas Haig, is going to have to pick it up and be more sound defensively without a guy like uh, Zach White Cloud. But this team, you know, injuries are part of it. We saw it last year. It, it, injuries... Uh, pretty much eliminated them from the postseason last year they can't have that happen again this year going to have to have more consistent play out of the goaltending and before I let you chime in Chris uh you did ask yesterday Bruce Cassidy a question about how and what this team is going to do and they figured out how to start how to basically start faster and this is what uh this is the question and the answer to that Las Vegas, Chris, you talk about the starts and
3: it's clearly becoming a problem now. So how? To-
1: Well, I mean, if it was an easy solution, I think we would have done it by now. I've also seen our team play well early on, early in the year, so it's in the room. It's just got to get it back out of So that's what's in front of us. I mean, I kind of had a long-winded answer earlier to Jesse's question, but that's it. They just got to have a better mindset with the puck when there's... We always call it there's ice in front or behind the the other team, and, and tonight it was behind early on. That means the puck has to go behind. You got to go forecheck the puck back. or or play indirect, so to speak, because they have good sticks, um, they have good structure in the neutral zone. And so that's what we need to fix, the mindset of, you know, we can't expect on the puck drop just to come out and make a tic-tac-toe play. So it's just not going to happen against good teams. You might get away with it periodically, but most nights you're not, and it's showed in here. Most nights we have So we're going to keep pounding away on that, and at some point I hope the guys are sick of freaking losing in this building and, and play the right way like we did for the last forty.
0: That's been the big topic. Is uh, you know, at home they're five hundred at home. They're an eight and eight team at home, and yet they've got the third best record in the National Hockey League, best record in the Western Conference, um, a sizable lead over uh, the L.A. Kings, who are two game or, or about I think four or five points behind them. And also, the Knights have a game in hand on the L.A. Kings. Uh, All those still early. We're not even at the halfway point yet. But again. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights have traditionally started slow this season. When I say traditionally, this year um, at the fortress at uh, T-Mobile Arena, and everyone kind of scratches their heads when you ask them, you know, about figuring this out. And Riley Smith, two big goals last night, power play goals, and uh, gigantic for Riley Smith uh, to score two more goals. He takes the overall goal lead lead now with 16 goals on the season for the Vegas Golden Knights. Chandler Stevenson, and an assist ties Jack Eichel with the overall point. Lead for the Vegas Golden Knights. So some players stepping up, but after the game, Riley Smith talking about, um, you know, what this team has to do to protect the fortress and play at home, and this is what he had to say. Nope. I think if
1: we, if we knew that, we would have uh, flipped it around a while ago. It, it seems like we're sliding right now at home, winning a game, losing a game, winning a game, losing a game. So uh, we just have to do better. We have to make sure that
0: You know. and that's the thing that Chris, the, the, the T-Mobile Arena is supposed to be a hard place to play for these guys. I mean, it is a loud, probably the loudest arena in the National Hockey League. Uh, the, the nicest facility, in my opinion, the National Hockey League. There's nothing like T-Mobile Arena. And uh, the greatest show in maybe all of professional sports in the United States that they put on pre-game before these games start, and yet the Vegas Golden Knights are unable to protect home ice. Uh, I won't say more times than not, but to be a 500 500- team at home when I tell you that and then I say yet the Vegas Golden Knights have the best record in the Western Conference third best record in the National Hockey League that's kind of really
3: surprising well I mean there's something to to one of the answers Bruce gave last night and uh, I think it was the last question he, he was asked about what's changed between teams coming in here and getting their doors blown off in year one you know when when he came in and and You know, um, very, very early in the season before, I think we knew the Golden Knights were were a Stanley Cup contender. But uh, what's changed from his perspective, you know, when he was bringing his team in as a visiting coach as opposed to today? And, you know, teams now come in here and there's no such thing as, remember, the Vegas flu? Remember that nonsense? (laughs) Well, that doesn't exist anymore uh, because teams now come in. They've been here multiple times they know how to prepare to play. They know how to how to how to you know, I, I don't want to say regulate, but they know how to how to handle the business aspect of coming into Vegas now. You know, Golden Knights aren't surprising anybody anymore. And like you said, team teams get excited to come in here and play because they know it's a, it's a loud building. It's a, it's a fun place to play a game, and uh, you know it's it's there, there's something to that. And the Golden Knights have to be better. I mean that's that's the the reality of it, and I, I I want to. Unfortunately, the Golden Knights don't allow us much access to players after the game. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's it's aggravating. Just, it's, it's, it's aggravating. It, it is. It's it, and you know that's on the team. They need to provide us with more access to players, after, especially after losses. No,
0: Chris, and I'm going to call him out right now. I want to say something because we talked about it last night, and this needs to be said. No offense whatsoever to Keegan Colasar, you know, uh, but number one, he's not the greatest interview, let's be honest. He's just not. He uh, He's more of a, you know, just
3: very, very even
0: keel type of guy that yeah. just doesn't have a lot to say. And the reality one. is,
3: it's it's not on, on Keegan Colasar that
0: they lost that game. No, and, but the whole point is, nothing was on Keegan Colasar. There was absolutely Absolutely no reason to bring him out to talk to us. He had really nothing to say. Number two, if I'm being honest, he had a bad game. He was fumbling the puck. He didn't seem to have. He just. It wasn't a game for him where he didn't seem to be into it like you see yeah, him but, some but, other but, times. But like,
3: I, I I will I will say this. I I give Riley Smith all the credit in the world because Riley is always out there after losses. Well, but the point is, but, but, Riley
0: Smith scored two goals. It made sense
3: but, to but, bring but, him but even out. even when Riley doesn't score and the team loses. He's out there. You know, Pierre Edward Belmar was like that. David Perron was like that. The team plays bad. David Perron is out there willing to take the heat. Ryan Reeves was always out yeah, there. Yeah, you know, so so the, the the reality is having the ability to talk to two players, one of them who, who really had no role in the game whatsoever, you're not going to get answers. No. So I, I can't provide an answer as to why this team – has a different mindset. You know, if, if you listen to Bruce's answer to my question, the mindset is different. I can't give the listeners, and no one else in the media can give the listeners the answers to why the mindset at home is so different because we just don't have the access. And I walked into the Islanders' locker room last night, and I was told it's not, it's not usual. But I walked into the Islanders' locker room last night because my friend Bruce um Cusick, who is the PA voice of the Golden Knights, if you go to the T-Mobile, he's he's the guy who says nighttime and all that. Well, he was sick last night. But Hudson Farshing, who scored the goal, the second goal for New York last night, he's a friend of the family. So I went over to the Islanders locker room to, to say hello and say, you know, not, not a friend of my family, a friend of Bruce's family. And so I went over and, you know, I, I said, hey, Bruce wanted me to tell you. He said hello. You know, his son Craig says hello. They were, they were, believe it or not, they were doubles partners on the tennis team at Apple Valley High School in Minnesota. So I walk over to the Islanders' locker room just to say hello for Bruce. And there were 15 guys in there. And they were all available to talk. I went into the Rangers' locker room after the Rangers game. I wanted to go say hello to Gerard Gallant first. But I'm, I'm a big Mika Zibanejad fan. And I wanted to have the opportunity to talk to him there were like twelve guys available. I've been in the visitors' locker room twice this season, and both times, every almost every player who played in that game was available to speak to the media. Well, the
0: Raiders—I mean, the, so, the
3: Raiders are available. So after the I, game. I, I don't want to turn this into a, a, a bashing session, but the reality is, we don't have the ability. Yeah. to get the answers because the team is limiting access. We, we can't talk to who we want to talk to. It's like you you,
0: are, you have a couple of players, here you go, this is it and talk to I'll, them and get, get out I'll, of them. I'll
3: gladly give Alex Petrangelo a pass last night. Of you course. know what? I'll gladly give Mark Stone a pass. The guy the the guy, the guy. Of course. suffered what looked to be a, a but, bad but here, injury, came back I, and played for a little I bit. won't
0: give a pass to, Logan Thompson. There was absolutely no reason he was not brought out to talk to the media. There's no reason to protect him. He is an NHL goaltender. We are all impressed with the body of work that kid's put in. 20 games total last season. This season stepping in as the number one goaltender, and he's done a good job. He did it last night, yeah. and he needs to be accountable for that. And you know that.
3: what? It, last night was one of the first times this season where I don't think he played good.
0: Right, and why wasn't he out there to talk about it? Yeah. He needs practice
3: doing this, Chris. Yeah, I mean, This look, is it, what you do as a
0: professional athlete.
3: And, and I saw because a couple of the beat reporters tweeted because Bruce Cassidy made a comment about their goalie made some saves. Sometimes our goalies need to make saves too. Well, Logan Thompson retweeted that quote. So, you know, he clearly is paying attention to, to what Bruce Cassidy's saying and, and, and to what with the it. media you know, but the reality is he didn't play a good game last night. No. And and the thing is he wasn't pulled. No. Right? Like when a guy gets pulled, he, normally he won't come and speak to the media. But the, the, the credit to to Robin Leonard and Mark Andre Fleury, when they played bad games. They were out there to face yeah. us.
0: Well, Chris, I don't know that it's on them. I I, I don't know if it's on it, it, the media relations people. The, the, the reality, the reality
3: of the situation, Brian, is Logan Thompson should have been out there to talk yes. to the media last night. The,
0: the, the key players that, that as as fans we want to, as media members we want to talk to, obviously, like Chris said, Mark Stone you can't blame. The guy's got an injury. It's an undetermined injury right now to one of his lower legs, and it very well could be very detrimental. We're not sure yet. I understood that. Alex Petrangelo, for obvious reasons... He hasn't played in nine games. There's reasons for that. Family issues. We understand it. But again, Logan Thompson and Riley Smith were the two guys that I think the media expected to talk to. They got to talk to Riley Smith. They didn't, Logan Thompson. No, Riley, and Riley's they, out there win or lose. Yes, he, but, but, he, he is but, a stand-up but I think guy. he's told to go out there. And my point is, why wasn't Logan told to go out there? And what the hell was Keegan Kolasar doing out there to begin with? He he doesn't feel comfortable talking to the media. That's been apparent throughout his career,
3: at least the times I've tried to talk to him, and it just didn't make sense. Well, well the but thing enough, the thing is, like, like getting back to last night's game, the the starts at home. I I, I I can't put my finger on it. I I don't on now. I I listened to something Mark Stone said to me because I asked him. This was a couple weeks ago, and I I I he to paraphrase my question was, why has this team had trouble getting better play at home following? Like why why are they unable to maintain the momentum that they build on the road? Why is it hard to to keep that going when you come home? And this was following the the I think the second loss after they it was Thanksgiving weekend. And long story short, he said, "Look, there's there's some changes on your body when you're back east for for a while. Um, You know, obviously, me living from being originally from the East Coast, I know when I travel home, I'm going to bed at like 3 a.m. because I I'm I'm just wide awake, but." You know, they're, they're, he he he's mentioned. You know, the 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 changes on your body, the the time zones, all that. So there could be something to that. But the reality is, this time they came from Chicago. They didn't come from New York. They didn't come from Boston. They didn't come. They didn't come off of an emotional high like they did beating Buffalo, like they did beating Toronto, like they did beating Boston. They didn't come off that emotional high. They beat a terrible Blackhawks team on Thursday. They came home. They struggled doing it. Well, I thought they played a lot. They played well enough in that in that game. But um, you well, know, considering the, I'm just talking about Chicago's one of the
0: worst teams in the National yeah, Hockey yeah, but, League in that's a team you bury. But you know,
3: and they ended up winning 4 to 1, but but the point is there 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 wasn't that emotional high coming off this last little mini road trip. Like, if they were going to slip up, you would have thought they would have slipped up against the Blackhawks, right? You beat Winnipeg. They've only lost no, nine games all season. That's one of those. You know, the Jets win nine games. All They've lost nine games all season. Yeah. Three of them have been to the Golden Knights. It's Winnipeg, one of the best home teams in the NHL. If you were going to slip, you would have thought they would have slipped after. Yeah. Because then you're going to Chicago. Terrible team. Really no reason to get up to play them. If there was going to be a slip, it should have been that game. That was the trap game. Yeah, The Islanders are, are a team that came in here last year, and the last couple times they've come in here, they've kicked your butt. Yeah, they, they, they play well here. They're, they're a good team. Look, the Rangers come play well here. The Islanders, you know, New Jersey has come here and played well. So, like, the, these teams, you can't overlook them, and I'm not saying that that's what's happening, but there's clearly something to the starts. And, you know, Bruce made a comment last night about, well, our job ends once the players go over the board. He, Said it a couple times. And and it's true. Bruce Cassidy isn't putting the skates on and grabbing a stick and a helmet and getting out there and skating with these guys. He's game planning, he's X's and O's, and he's really, really good at that. At the end of the day, the players need to execute. They're the ones who have to go out there, and they're the ones who have to have that push, not in the second period, not in the third period, but from puck drop in the first period. And... We're not getting that at home, and I don't know why. I want to find out what what the players think, you know, because clearly – you know, it sounds like Bruce is putting a lot of the onus well, on think, the players. Chris, I think it is
0: what, what we he kind of alluded to when he talked about teams coming in here. They get up to play Las yeah. Vegas. Plus, he You said, have to match and that. Plus, you've got an 82-game season where there are times, like this week alone, between now and Friday, the Vegas Golden Knights have three more games yeah. all at
3: home. And, and but, this is not, look, and, and I'm not making an excuse here when I tell you this, but the reality is, from what I've been told from a lot of players around, not just players, but but insiders and stuff from around the NHL. This is not a week you want to have three straight home games. You would much prefer to be on the road because you're just focused on hockey. Right. When you're home and and we saw it around Thanksgiving, but when you're home around the holidays, you're unfortunately your focus isn't 100%. Yeah, your
0: mind is preoccupied. But yeah. I mean, look,
3: it's like it's like you and me, right? I didn't go to the UNLV basketball game.
0: In between you had to go the, shopping. because I had to go
3: Christmas shopping. Yeah.
0: I know <laughs> and and I want to say it, 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 it's a really good point. It does, you know, you think you'd be more focused, but you're a lot less focused. You're doing other things. There's family obligations, and it does hurt you. And again, teams get rewarded. Bruce Cassidy said, you know, when you play really well or you go out and you win a road game, you get rewarded. They want to get rewarded. They want a day off before they play. They want to get to Vegas and have that day off. Vegas is still a destination where players like to come. It's a break, and they want to break during this time and they play well here and plus uh, the Fortress uh, T-Mobile Arena is a pretty damn exciting place to play. You get juiced and maybe the Golden Knights players are used to it where other teams come in and it's exciting. It it, it has got to be one of the best atmospheres in professional sports. Tell you real quick, uh, there's probably about 30 minutes left when you add extended time to the game in the World Cup final right now. Argentina up on France, two games two to nil if uh, if you're paying attention, and uh, you should be. I mean, it's been a pretty incredible World Cup. I was really pulling for France because um, Lionel Messi, I'm just tired of the flopper. I used to think Bill Lamb beer, and I had to root for him because he was a piston, was one of the greatest floppers in NBA history. Well, the bottom line is Lionel Messi might be the greatest flopper in any sport of all time. You breathe on Lionel, he goes down, he grabs his ankle, he grabs his elbow, he grabs his head, and he gets the calls more times than not. That guy has probably gotten more unnecessary yellow cards on players than anyone in in FIFA history man it's ridiculous but anyways real quickly let's move on I want to I want to keep keep going and Spencer go ahead and hit uh fact this Fact this. If you don't like the facts, take your ass back to bed. Fact this. That's a fact. Yesterday, Florida and Oregon State played in the 30th Las Vegas Bowl. This, in my opinion, as I said at the onset of the show, was the worst of them all. I have attended every Las Vegas Bowl since I moved here in 2004, and watching yesterday's game was equivalent to watching. Ain't dry. And it sucks because that was my first time ever seeing the Florida Gators play live. That was definitely not indicative of Florida teams we have seen in the past. That was a boring Terrible football game, and um, I, I'm going to tell you. I mean, the most exciting part of the game was when they ran out on the field and the fireworks went on. After that, it was straight downhill from that point forward. I I can't tell you. I I, I don't know what to say other than Florida has had some issues. Obviously, everyone knows about John Kitten's son and the child pornography, and that guy's probably going to jail for some time. A uh, really sad situation there in Florida. They're on like their third quarterback. We get all that, but this was terrible. Uh, Oregon State raked in the top fifteen. And and I can't even say it showed. Florida just didn't show up. It, you know, uh, they were wearing Bishop Gorman's colors, and I think Bishop Gorman might have put out a better performance than the Florida Gators had they played in that game. That's all I really want to say about this game. I don't think anyone even needs to chime in. Well,
3: well, I, I got to chime in. Okay, because, go ahead. Because to me, this is, this is the joke of college football. Now, if this was the NFL, the coach would get absolutely crucified for the garbage that Florida pulled at the end of the game. Florida, Florida has a streak now of 436 consecutive games without being shut out. They were losing 30-3, to three, had first and goal from the six with two minutes to go in the game. Rather than try to score the touchdown, their gutless coach kicked a field goal just to keep that streak alive. What a joke. The guy should be embarrassed. If I was a Gators—and by the way, I love—because you. I know you left— the Bronx cheer from the Gator fans had actually made the trip from Florida to Vegas to watch that embarrassment of riches. Well, it wasn't embarrassment of riches, but embarrassment all in, in general. The Bronx cheer, like this sarcastic, hey, we scored. It was fantastic. By the way, the Gator band has like 150 people in it. I can't even, like, I'm watching it. The highlight of the the only bite we saw yesterday from the Gators was their band at halftime when they made the logo of the Gator during their performance, yeah, the and they, they, the they, they opened his mouth and closed it. Yeah. That was the only bite we got from yeah. that team. That was the only the you only know, highlight. I, I I was stoked because it was an SEC team. We don't we generally because generally those teams are gutless anyway. They don't make the trip out west. LSU comes out here next year, plays USC. That'll be good. that's going to be good. But generally, the SEC teams are gutless and they don't make a trip out west. They won't play outside the South or whatever. So to see an SEC team in Vegas was really cool. I feel bad for John Scenti cuz he's a great guy and he's he's the head of the Las Vegas Bowl. That that was not a performance that Oof. anyone is going to write it home just about. It shows you too, you know, granted now, Oregon I, State took the game. They, they wanted did. they wanted to play, they wanted to win. Florida did beat Utah at the beginning
0: of the season, but remind you that was the first game of the season. And it was in the swamp yeah, again
3: cuz cuz those yeah. teams are gutless and yeah. they won't play yeah, I don't know. anybody outside. Florida has not you, played Check this out. Florida has not played a road-out-of-conference game outside the state of Florida since Ronald Reagan was president. His (laughs) first term.
0: Oh, my God. Well, that just... uh, Steve Spurrier was probably the coach back then or somebody. I mean, it was a long time ago. And I'll tell you that... Wow. Wow. That's all I can say. I it, it just it, it kind of shows you why six and six teams, and especially a five and seven team, should never play in a bowl game. That right there was proof of that. Let's move on. UNLV basketball again. First loss yesterday of the season. 10-0 going into that game. A lot of excitement. I was I liked the crowd at the Thomas and Mack Center on a Saturday, a week before Christmas, it was big because they were 10-0. and uh, San Francisco, no slouch. That is a big team. They've got two guys over seven foot. One of them didn't play yesterday. But after the game, this is what uh, Kevin Krueger had to say at the beginning of the post-game press conference.
2: Um, all right, obviously a tough one. Um, felt like we uh, played a pretty good game overall. Uh, just a little stretch there at the end of the, of the process, but... A lot to take from it, a lot to take from it, kind of recalibrate on Monday and then kind of get back to it and just tighten some things up going into Southern Miss.
0: You know, the thing about it is this loss watching it to me – you know, you knew they were going to lose at some point in time. Losing to San Francisco is not a bad loss. New Mexico barely beat them. This is a good Don's team, and you got to look at the conference they play in. I mean, they play BYU, they play St. Mary's. For God's sakes, they play Gonzaga every year. San Francisco's a battle-tested team. They're well-coached, and they played a good game. Uh, The bottom line is they missed a ton of open looks in the first half. And the biggest key to this game, and he talked about it, too, was second-chance points. Um, And second- Opportunities for San Francisco. There was one possession in the first half. They had four different shots. They took all three-pointers and they missed them all, but how do you get four looks in one possession? That should never happen. That is not properly cleaning the glass and giving way too many offensive rebounds away. Granted, San Francisco played well. They played tough, but they didn't lead the game. They were not winning the game until seven seconds to go when they hit the final shot, which was crazy uh, the way that game went down. So. Even though you expected UNLV to lose it sometime, this was not the way you wanted to lose your first game. Not that it wasn't a team that couldn't beat them, and San Francisco is not going to be looked at as a bad loss. It's the way they lost this game that was bad. And I asked Kevin Krueger after the game about this type of loss, and, and you know how you use this going forward now. Coach, first time this team has experienced a loss. How do you use this? What do you say to the guys to move forward?
2: Yeah, it, that one's the, the one we talked about in the locker room, you know, just uh, getting back to Monday, getting back at it kind of what we doing what we had done to get to this point. I think uh, and uh, I thought uh, a lot of things that, that we had done to get to this point, uh, we've just got to tighten up a little bit, just kind of get back to it Monday. But it, it's good because, you know, we have another team, really hot team in Southern Miss coming in on Thursday. So we got three days to prepare for it uh, before the break. So. I think uh, yeah, we'll be able to watch a lot of film with the guys. We'll be able to take a a lot of good looks at situations that presented themselves tonight. Um, But most most importantly, we can kind of just get back to the drawing board with them, get back to the film room with them, and uh, and just see what we need to tighten up with, and see what we need to do better going into Thursday.
0: Yeah, it, it, the, what they got to do better is they've got to, again, defend the perimeter better. They're still not doing that at, at their best. And you've got to quit giving up second- and third-chance opportunities. You will not win a lot of basketball games if you do that. It's going to be a tough road to haul. And Southern Miss, a team coming in right now, they're also 10-1. and one. They've played some tougher opponents, and this is going to be a tough matchup on Thursday. UNLV does have a nice four-game rest, to, uh, or I should say four games to win work on getting ready for that game against Southern Miss Thursday night, but that's really going to be a telltale sign, and that's right before they head into the Mountain West season when they'll start off against San Jose. They've got San Diego State, New Mexico, some tough games on the horizon, and um, it's going to be an interesting going forward for UNLV. They are going to clean the glass, and again, I don't know what happened to David Milwaukee yesterday. He only played 20 minutes, but the guy did not have any points, and your starting center cannot go scoreless in 20 minutes of play. He did have 7 rebounds, but they're going to expect more. That's the biggest, widest body UNLV has. He's got to make his presence more felt on the glass and he's got to make at least a few buckets from underneath the basket. And um, But I love what Kevin Kruger's doing. 10-1 and one is still 10-1. and one. Give them all the credit in the world and hopefully we can see them, no pun intended, rebound and play better on Thursday night, although I think Southern Miss is going to be a tough road to haul for this team going forward. Uh, but again, hats off to Kevin Kruger. 10-1 and one start. You can't take Anything away from them. I don't think anyone thought that after eleven games they would be ten and one. I know they played a lot of patsies, but I still had them myself at four losses going into this point in the season. So it is impressive. Uh, still a long way to go, but Kevin Krueger, again, I think, is doing a pretty good job, Chris, at UNLV.
3: Well, you know, they, they, there's a, there's accountability. You know, first off, which which is a good, it's refreshing uh, because we we've seen UNLV coaches in the past walk in and talk. You know. Basically, cite you know a tale of two cities when they walk into the lock, into into the press room. But uh, the other the other thing, and I think it was a little bit exposed yesterday. San Francisco had a go to guy down the stretch, right? And and the kid who hit the shot, both to, their
0: guards, yeah, both their guards, and, and, well. and
3: the kid who hit the shot to win the game. There really wasn't much UNLV could have done. I mean, it was great defense. The kid just made a play. UNLV lacks a true. Go to scorer and a, a true guy. Like last night was was a, an instance where they missed a guy like Bryce Hamilton. Having yeah. that that go to player down the stretch. Look, I love Keyshawn Gilbert. I think he. I, first of all, what I love about Keyshawn Gilbert's game, it starts at the defensive end. Offense is it, it, it's there, but he he takes a lot of pride in being a good defensive player. He didn't have it yesterday offensively, and there really wasn't anyone. You know, for for UNLV, the Harkless kid is, is is really good. He's the best
0: play. Elijah Harkless is the best yeah. player on this but, team. But, but Chris. again, but he's they, not Bryce Hamilton.
3: Yes, as you he, just he's said. not that 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 Bulldog go to down the stretch. I, I want the ball in my hands, yep. right? Keshawn Gilbert he made a lot of mistakes there in the final few minutes of that game, and I think he'll grow from it. I think he'll learn from it. I thought the turnover at the end was was or with about a minute to go. You know, look, the reality, Brian, is. You're up by nine with three and a half minutes ago. That's a game you need to win, especially yep. especially a game that you were in control of. From well, that's what I said, you, you, you know, you, and that's you that's can, that's the tough part to stomach. I think because they didn't they didn't close out a game that look. It's one thing if it's a back it didn't and forth score game. The last three, three and a half of minutes of the game, Chris. 11-0 run by by San Francisco yeah. to close out the can't, game. Can't that, that's it. not can't have it. I, And I know that that's something that these guys are going to take personally because I know Kevin Kruger. I've known Kevin Kruger a long time. I know I've known Kevin Kruger since he was a player at UNLV, and I know that that's something that he is going to take personally because that's not that's not something he ever would have accepted as a player. No, and it's not something he's going to accept as a coach. Look, the Rally Brian, is this team may not be as good as their record. It doesn't matter. They're ten and one. That's all that matters, and they have to grow. And I've seen the the, the thing is I have seen improvement from the players from the moment they've walked on campus. To today, oh, there's and no, that's yeah. that's the sign of a good coach, a coach that has a respect of his players. Look, Kevin Kruger, there's nothing flashy about what what UNLV is doing, but they're they're finding success, they're winning games. Now, I think the next step is finding that Bryce Hamilton type player who can take over a game and score points for you down the stretch when you need it. They're going to have to have that as the Mountain West
0: Conference uh, play gets underway. And again, in the next two weeks we are going to see how much this team has improved and actually how good they are right now as they do get into Mountain West Conference playing. But if you didn't see it, uh, France just had a penalty kick and it's now 2-1. They're at the 80-minute mark of the game, so you're probably looking maybe 20 minutes to go in this game tops. And uh, we'll see. France uh, has all the tools and probably the best player in the world right now on their team. So we'll see. I, I hope they can tie it up. I'd love to see the, the championship match end like in penalty kicks or something at the end. Can't beat that. I'll listen real quick. Let's move on to the bones. It's time to talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. Week 15 in the National Football League. Four games left for a lot of teams. Three games yesterday that we'll talk about as well. But this Raiders team, I don't know that you can have a worse loss than this team had last week in Los Angeles against Baker Mayfield and the Los Angeles Rams. For God's sake, at the end of the game the Raiders had this thing in the bag and gave up a very very late touchdown drive to Baker Mayfield and the Los Angeles Rams how did the Raiders how did the Raiders turn Baker Mayfield into John Elway because the last time I saw a drive like that it was in the playoffs when John Elway led the the Denver Broncos down against the Cleveland Browns with under two minutes to go and led him on a 90 uh, what was it a 98yard drive to win the game, Baker Mayfield leads the Rams down the field and with five seconds on the clock, puts them in the end zone, and they win by a point in a must-win game for the Raiders. Raiders all but eliminated from the playoffs. They could win out and possibly get in at 9-8. and eight. That's not going to happen, considering they still got Kansas City to come to town, although three of their final four games are at home. But um, this was a horrible Raiders loss, and now, today, you have the GOAT coming to town, Bill Belichick. And I've said before, and I wanted to talk about this, and by the way, France just tied the game. 2 2 at the 80, 82 minute mark of the game. Pretty cool. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that and we'll keep you informed. But the bottom line is Bill Belichick, in my opinion, has been known for helping out his former assistant coaches when he plays against them. Uh, I would say the best example of that was a few years back when he played Matt Patricia in a primetime game in Detroit, and somehow the Lions literally had the Patriots' number. Patriots, a far superior team. As a matter of fact, that team went on to win the Super Bowl and yet they beat the Lions or they lost to the Lions in that season. I say to this day that that Bill Belichick called Matt Patricia up before that game and said, "Hey, we're using last year's playbook, Matt. Do you get it?" Go ahead and take a look. That's what we're going to be running our plays in because it looked like the Lions knew what the Patriots were going to do at every turn. That's not going to happen today because the Patriots right now are in a playoff hunt. They're in the playoff picture, and they need this game desperately. The Raiders do too. I mean, the Raiders are 5-8. and eight. Again, if they won out, they'd end up 9-8 and eight and possibly get a wild card. But the Patriots are 7-6 and six, right in the playoff hunt. This is a huge game for New England. I think my opinion, they come in today and a lot of people are saying the Raiders are going to win this game. I think Bill Belichick comes in. He knows I mean, who, who would know Josh McDaniels, his thoughts, his tendencies better than Bill Belichick. And you want to talk the, about the greatest defensive schemer in the history of the National Football League. That would be the GOAT Bill Belichick. I think today, if I'm him you clamp You put a clamp on Josh Jacobs, you stop the running game, and you double Devontae Adams. Darren Waller's coming back today from IR, hasn't played in forever. Uh, The key is, knock down the two most skilled players, lock them down, make Derek Carr and everyone else beat you, and I think that's the key to success for New England. Granted, they have a very inept offense, but it is close to the end of the year and this is when typically Bill Belichick's defenses shine and the Raiders play great. I'm going to say, or not the, not Raiders play great, the Patriots defense plays great. I'm going to say the Patriots win this game at Allegiant Stadium today. I don't think I'm going out on a limb and saying this. This is the MO of the Raiders. Last week was just crucial and I'm still, I was watching that game out of town, out of the country, and I'm just sitting there watching it, shaking my head like, oh my God, they are going to find a way to blow this game, and they did, against a very inept Los Angeles Rams team, led by the cast-off twice now in the last two years, Baker Mayfield, Chris.
3: Well, you know, you're right, because I I, I I was also watching that game thinking, with how inept their offense was in the second half, thinking to myself, wow, this is, not, this, this is really going to happen, isn't it? Where they're going to blow this game. Look, the reality, Brian, is this is not something new for this team, you know, we we've seen it multiple times this year where this team has had multiple score leads in the second half and found ways to lose games. Yep. Uh look, today it's 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 in all probability a must-win game for the Patriots. They're seven and seven. They hold that last playoff spot. They're battling with my Jets and a few other teams to to try to get that seventh spot. Um look, the 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 reality for those guys is there's there, there there's there's it's crunch time. Right? You've got three games or a few games left on the season for for, for New England, right? You've got it. You've got to win games. This is a game where if they lose, they're going to look back and be like, and miss the playoffs. They're going to look back and be like, how do we lose to these guys? Like, yeah. like, like this is a game. I, I I don't know how the Raiders are favored in the game. To be honest with you, I I, I don't bet. But if I did, I would certainly not be betting the Raiders today. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned Darren Waller coming back. I mean, we saw Hunter Renfro come back last week. Uh, but look, the, the, the reality is the, the Raiders' offense just has has not clicked on all cylinders for four quarters. A lot of times this year, I don't know if that's Derek Carr, I don't know if it's the system, I don't know if it's Josh McDaniels. But the reality, Brian, is, is this team is not good. No, and I think they 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 unfortunately kind of got the hopes of the fans up last year when they made the playoffs. That was a bit of smoke and mirrors. But the reality is. I know I've said that a mul- multiple times. Reality is right, but but Brian, they they were right there with the Bengals. They could have won that game. The Bengals ended up going to the Super Bowl. And they were up in the second half, but um, you know for 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 the Raiders, I I I know that this may disappoint some fans. Josh McDaniels isn't going anywhere. There's no, a, there, there's, I've said Chris. There, there's a plan in place. And Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, they are going to be here for a few years. There's no question, and I've
0: said this, Mark Davis is one of the cash poorest owners in the National Football League. He's still paying out John Gruden. There's no way he can pay out Josh McDaniel and a new head coach. Not going to happen. The guy that's not going to be here next year is Derek Carr. He won't be because as of February 15th, they save themselves a lot of cap money if they let Derek Carr go. We'll talk more about that in the future, but the Raiders are a team in trouble, and they are a team that massive changes are going to take place. And it's too bad Spencer doesn't have a microphone, or I'd let him chime in, because I know he's got a lot of thoughts about this. He's in agreement, but you're right. Ziggler and Josh McDaniel, don't expect, if the Raiders start 0-7 next year, he won't fire them, because he can't afford two people. And by the way, I'll be on the Ben Maller Show a week from Friday with Bernie Fratto going to be uh, guest hosting that show and we're going to talk all about the Raiders. It's going to be about 11 to 15 at night. Again, it's a week from Friday on Fox Sports National Radio. Come and check it out. It should be pretty cool and looking very forward to that um, going on with Bernie and talking about the Raiders. And we're going to talk about Josh McDaniel and Derek Carr. Will he be the quarterback next year? And I'll give a lot of reasons why he will not be. Guys, let's jump right into week 15 of the National Football League. Uh, The most intriguing matchup, of course, for I have a vested interest in this. And guys, all of you guys out there that have heard me bash the Lions all year, I'm going to continue to do it until they win in the playoffs. I don't care how damn good they are. They have won one playoff game in 65 years. Yes, they're improved. Yes, maybe I was a little bit harsh on Dan Campbell. He looks good. This team looks good. It looks like they're making the moves. People, we've seen this before. In the early 80s, they went and they they're playing the Queens on. You heard Freddie Murphy Mercury singing, another one bites the dust. The Lions started 7-1 and and ended 8-8, people. This is what they do. They went to the playoffs the following year, bounced in the first round, and the team was dismantled. That's what happens. Until otherwise noted, I'm not buying anything because this is what the Ford family does, and guess what? Sheila Ford-Hamp is still part of the Ford family. She's only been running the team for two years. She looks like she's committed. Let's see. Before you start sticking your chest out. I'm wearing the world jersey. Detroit versus everyone. My Lions hat. My Lions shirt. I'm pulling for him. I'm cheering. But don't boast. You've done nothing. We've done nothing to boast. We've never played in a Super Bowl. We played in one NFC championship game over 30 years ago and got blown out after our only playoff win in 65 years. Let it happen. You can get excited. We've done nothing. Until they win in the postseason and make an actual run, they have done nothing. Okay, So stop it. You can get excited. You can say, wow, are they they improved. Wow, they're playing as good as anybody next to the 49ers in the National Football League right now. You can be a little bit excited. Golf clap, people. Golf clap. Do not boast something you haven't done. You don't have the right. You are still the most inept sports franchise in the world. And I'm talking about the Detroit Lions. One playoff win in 65 years. Do you know they're in the NFC North? You want a little little fact? They've never won the NFC North. The last time they won their division, it was called the NFC Central. It's 30 years ago since they've won their division. They can't even be the best of four teams, and they're not going to win it this year. The Vikings' greatest comeback in history yesterday sealed the fate that they will not win the division. Vikings won it yesterday. The Lions are trying to get a wild card, which means they'll be on the road. They've won some road games this year. Can they win on the road? Sure. Why not? They might play the Vikings. They could beat them on the road. They might play the Washington Commanders. They beat them at home. They could beat them. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. They're not going to make a run at the Super Bowl. That is all that should matter to Lions fans. I know we're not from Missouri. We're from Michigan. But it is time we adopted the slogan, show me, until they win the postseason, talk to me, scream at me, harass me. I am as big of a Lions fan as anybody out there. Five years I spent working for the Detroit Lions radio network, and I say all the time, thank God my income doesn't depend on that team anymore. Now. Now, again, I love what they're doing. I love the improvements. But shut the hell up until they win in the postseason, period. Until that happens, do not boast and do not brag. Golf clap, people. Golf clap. Hear it? There you go. That's all you should get. Against the Jets today, Chris, I know you're excited. I'm excited. It is a big game for both teams. I feel bad that you don't have a quarterback that really has materialized this year. He's out. You got to come back with Zach Wilson. You got Joe Flacco right behind him. If he doesn't, you can pull the plug and put Joe Flacco in. But it is a monstrous game for the Jets and equally as monstrous for the Lions to me, the game
3: of the day. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. And Brian, you know, it's funny because. Uh, maybe, maybe the the most uh, significant jet victories this year were not with Zach Wilson, the number two pick in the draft just a year ago behind center for for the New York Jets. I mean, i I'll go back to the game against the Browns where where they had s- somehow some way they they came back to win that game, one of the most miraculous victories in Jets history, I would say. Uh, but yeah, Mike White unfortunately, you know, he suffered. he he really took a beating last week against a, a really good Bills team. A really gutsy effort. Uh, yeah, it, it is the, the the game of the day, and you know I, it's funny because I, I think sometimes I compare like Jets and Lions, but the reality is the Jets have have the, the as bad as the Jets have been in my lifetime, the history of the Lions is is even more inept. So. I could say, oh, it's like you were one of the only fan bases where I could say, yeah, you guys have had it worse than, than Jet fans. Well, you know my slogan forever: when you're a Detroit
0: Lions fan, you don't feel sorry for anybody else; you feel sorry for yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I do, it. <laughs> but but the bottom line is, I'm pulling for them. Go Lions! Beat the Jets! Make a run for the playoffs! And uh, don't dismantle this team, please. Everyone, prove me wrong. I'm Dan I, Campbell. Be, I, I, I like want, I want everyone guy. hating on me at the end of the year as the Lions make a run and people saying, "I told you so." I pray that happens. Do you hear me, my Detroit Lions fans? Pray it happens, but shut the hell up till you win. Win in the postseason, then you can talk. Listen, time for the pick and parlay. We don't want to miss out on that. We'll bring in the scooper. And scooper, we've got about a minute. I don't want a soliloquy. I want picks and I want Wednesday. We got a lot of people out there waiting on you to make their bets. What do you got for us? You want the answer? I think I got one. So we've been on the uh, Washington bandwagon here this last six, seven games. They've been cashing tickets. Last time out, we were on them against the Giants. We end up getting a tie. Now we go into the bye week. We get two weeks to get our bodies right. Go up against the same team we just game-planned before. We can get pressure on the quarterback. They struggled to protect the quarterback. We're going right back to the well. Washington Commanders' money line. Four play. He, You keep saying we. I, I, you sound like Daniel Snyder. I didn't know you owned the team. Say that again? I said you keep keep saying saying we. we. You either either got a mouse mouse in your pocket or you're Daniel Daniel Snyder. Snyder. Because you you say we like you're a Redskin. Redskin. So I don't know if you owned them or not. Oh, here, you know, money money talks as far as ownership. And uh, when we bet bet with them, that's the team, baby. Okay, all right. That's it. You're from Washington Washington today. All right, we got the Skins as your number one pick. We got about 30 seconds. Who's the parlay? For the parlay? There is a one this week. Take all the money and put it on the Washington money line. Washington Redskins money line and uh, Washington, of course, is favored in the game by uh, four and a half points. So we're going money line. You got to spend a little extra to make a little less. So uh, big bet today. No parlay. Put it all on the Washington. I hate saying it. The Washington Commanders. Boy, is that is that tough to get yeah, on my it mouth? It doesn't sound that. Great. It doesn't sound right. And that is, and that the, is scoop. the scoop. No parlay today, but we got, we got the pick, the of, the pick of the week and uh, love it. And listen, guys, we're out of time. I want to thank everyone for. joining Joining the show today, of course, thank the scooper as always for the pick and parlay. I want to thank Spencer the Wiz Ostrovsky for pushing all the buttons and making it work right on the video side, and of course, producer Chris Magno Chapman for making things happen on his end. I'm Brian Feldman. We've got week 15, the Raiders, a couple hours away from what could be elimination for them or the Patriots. Who's going to be? We'll find out. Listen, week hiatus we will see you the first friday in january no show next sunday and no show the following sunday and find one final note at the 96 minute mark it is argentina and france still nodded at two apiece in the world cup final i'm brian feldman we will see you in 2023 bye bye